0: sure today that I wore my Tori Mayo shirt. Um, <laughs> I went to his closet, and uh, this was my favorite one, and so I got it So I got it out. Uh, <laughs> actually, a couple of weeks ago, um, I wore this shirt, and uh, I was in the hall before church and somebody walked up to me and said, "Tory, oh." So uh, I just thought that that was kind of funny. Um, welcome to The Well. Uh, glad that you're here. Uh, if you brought a smartphone, you could pull that out, or, or you could grab the Bible that's under the chair, or you could grab the Bible that you brought with you to follow along today. If you have a smartphone, you could go to uh, the Bible app or YouVersion and follow along with some of the things that we're talking about today. Um, if you go to the events section in YouVersion and you just uh, type in The Well... Uh, You'll see today's stuff on there If you don't have that app and you just want to kind of follow along you can type that link uh, Into your browser and uh, it will give you some of the information for today and it'll just kind of help you follow along with some things Um, Today is actually going to be a pretty fairly well You should never listen to a preacher when they say it's going to be short Um, (laughs) I was was tempted to say it's going to be short and then so I chose not to lie Um, I might be I don't know Um, but Today, we have an interesting topic that we're going to talk about, and so I'm really excited about it, but to kind of set the groundwork, I want you to look. I have on the screen uh, 10 different businesses, 10 different companies, and I want you to take a look at them, and I want you to just begin to think, what what do those 10 companies have in common? Now, they might have more than one thing in common, but... I'm actually looking for one specific thing, and I'll tell you in just a second where I found the list, but I just want you to kind of, I just want to mess with you for a moment. Um, Because it's an interesting list. Um, Actually, I had to look up number 10 because I didn't know what, I'd never heard of that. I had to look that up. I didn't know what number 10 was. It doesn't, technically, if you don't know what it is, it's okay. Some of those, you know what they are. Some of them, you maybe don't know. Just because I can... Anybody want, let's just guess real quick. Like, what do you think they, what do you think they have in common? I, they what? They want money? Okay, yes. <laughs> Every business that has started, they hopefully want to make money. Um, yes, I heard multiple people say it, and you already got it, and I'm very impressed. It's actually, this is the top 10 list Uh, in 2015 of businesses that have outstanding customer service, okay? So if you've ever been to any of them, hopefully, maybe not, I don't know, maybe it's not always true, but hopefully you've had a a, a positive experience. Um, REI is an interesting place. I mean, you could buy some boots there and hike 300 miles and take them back, and they'll take them back. Um, And so it was just an interesting, not that I'm suggesting that you... (laughs) I'm not suggesting that you do that. I'm just saying that people have done that. I'm not saying you should do that, but it's an interesting list, and they're known for for customer service. But what's interesting about that, and at least from a company perspective, is it doesn't. It probably doesn't happen naturally for them. Like, okay, maybe they just get like a super hospitable person who happens to work there, but. It's a strategy. It's something that they desire to do. It's something, it's a value. It's something that's important to them. And as a result of it being important to them, they've put things in place to kind of make sure that it happens. And then they have key people who that's kind of their responsibility is to take care of other people. And so it's kind of their, their strategy and it's something that's important to them and they want to take care of other people. Now, <clears throat> I, I don't mean this probably... When I say things, there's times that I've discovered just from nice people telling me that this happens. Sometimes I say things, and it sounds way worse than I mean for it, to. Like, I'm not intentionally trying to be harsh. But if if customer service is important to them, and their desire, like somebody eloquently pointed out to us, is to make money. um, But if it's important for them to serve people in their business... Wouldn't it be important for the church who is greater, their, their desire to exalt Jesus is greater than the desire to make money. Wouldn't it be important for the church to also have the value of serving people? Like it, to me, it seems like sometimes as a church, we just hope that it happens. Like we just desire, ooh, we, should, we should care. And nobody's going to argue with that, right? If you say we should care for people. Preach. I mean, they're gonna, people are going to say, yes, that's true. That's right. We should do that. But unless you're intentional, let's be honest. I mean, there are super kind and loving and caring people, but that's not most of us, right? Like most of us, if we're left to do it our way, we're going to make sure that we're kind of in it for ourselves, Like, I know that we don't want to admit that, and we're at church, and so we pretend to be better than we're not. Uh, One person thought that was funny. It's okay, my jokes don't work in Portuguese either. Um, But it should be a strategy. And so what we're going to do is look at a strategy from Scripture, and today I'm I'm super excited to talk about this from an interesting perspective. Sometimes, when people come to church, uh, if you're like, if you're brand new to church, you're like, just. For some reason maybe got impressed upon you or somebody bribed you or whatever, and you're like, okay, I'm going to come to church today, but you've never been to church before. Sometimes you're kind of like, I'm in a little bit of a disadvantage, like because they used a word or two or 10 or 10,000 that I don't know what they mean. Um, it sounded like English, but I'm not sure if it was. Um, and so sometimes it can be at a disadvantage. And then church people, you know, sometimes intentionally use words that They probably shouldn't even use or know what they mean anyways, and they just use them because they want to impress people. And so sometimes today, everyone, well, I shouldn't say this, 99.5% of the people in the room are in the exact same place because we're going to talk about something that either you've never heard of in your life or you have a lot of misinformation about, and that is a word called deacon, and everybody cheers. (laughs) Like it's a weird word even in and of itself, deacon. Let's just practice and say it out loud, deacon. See, it's kind of weird, isn't it, deacon? And so if you grew up going to church, there's a good chance that you have a bad impression of what a deacon is. And it's probably because your deacons didn't know what they were supposed to be doing. Okay, If you didn't grow up going to church, you just think this is a weird word. We're all in the same place today. We don't know what it means to be a deacon. But the reality is it's the strategy of God to implement a value that's important to take care of people. And so if it's important for the top ten businesses and it facilitates their profits in some way to provide customer service, don't you think that we should have a value and a strategy of caring for people because Jesus is greater than any profit? (laughs) Ooh, I just realized that was kind of... Double, (laughs) I didn't plan on that, but that was really good. (laughs) Oh, that was awesome! I know you may not think it was good, but I was like, "We, I, okay." Thank you. I'll be here again next week. (laughs) No, I won't. Um, That was really. I could stop on that. That was really good. Some of you are like, "What does he say?" I didn't. So, deacon. The word deacon, when you look in in Scripture in the original language, it kind of takes three different forms, okay? It's used in three different ways, um, but it literally could be translated servant, okay? And we're going to look at a couple different places where the word is used in Scripture, um, but it literally talks about servant or, or serving or service. okay. So that's literally what it's talking about. And so as we look at it today, just keep in mind that we're talking about a deacon or a servant. And if you weren't here last week, um, I just want to encourage you to make sure to go back and listen to what Tori talked about from, uh, he was talking about elders last week. And so it's really important that you have a good and proper understanding of what these two things are, because that's where some of the confusion comes from. If you grew up going to church. And so, one of the things that Tori talked about last week is that an elder is, they're, they're servant leaders. And so, if you wanted a two word definition for a deacon, and we'll dive into this a little bit more, but if you just, so elder is servant leader, a deacon is a leading servant, okay? And so, that could be just a two word definition, but we need to explain it a little bit more. So, we're gonna look at scripture to do that, Acts chapter 6 is the first place that we're going to look. Acts chapter 6 kind of, it helps highlight the need for leading servants, okay? So Acts chapter 6, starting in verse 1, it says, Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, Uh, so what you should know right there is like, There's multiplication taking place. Like people are hearing the good news of Jesus. They're responding. They're growing in their faith. uh, And things are kind of happening. It's going well. So they're increasing in number. It says, A complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So, uh it's a little bit of a cultural thing going on here in, in addition to some people not being taken care of. And we'll talk about that again in just a moment. So then it says in, in verse 2, And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Now, we'll come back and talk about that again in a minute because that sounds sort of weird, right? Like It's like we shouldn't give up praying and preaching to work in a restaurant, is what it sounds like. We'll talk about, that's not exactly what it means. We'll talk about it in just a minute. Verse three. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit of wisdom, whom you will appoint to this duty, but we'll divide, and we'll divide ourselves we'll devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word and we will and they said they were pleased and the whole gathering and they chose Stephen uh, a man full of faith and of the holy spirit and then it goes on to list the other guys that they chose okay so i want us to just point out a couple of things there's some stuff going on here like it's uh, there's some, some cultural divide, there's a little bit of conflict going on, and uh, one of the key values that they had, one of the things that was important to them was to take care of the widows, and, and some widows from uh, maybe one cultural setting, they weren't, they didn't, they weren't getting the same care uh, as some of the others, and so some people were like, hey, and so just think about it like this, so this, just, this is a bad example, but it's just popped into my head just now. See, I told you it wouldn't be short. Um let's just say that it was like this side of the room says bob he's a really he's a really good speaker i wish he would speak every week <laughs> and this side over here says no i think tory is a better preacher i wish that he would preach every week um plus he's a little darker complexion and and he and therefore he has a better relationship with some other people. And so the reality is that's a little bit of what was going on here though they weren't talking about preaching they were talking about so there's a little bit of conflict it was like this side against this side and there are a little bit of controversy like well why aren't you taking care of our widows you should be taking care of ours are are you racist and they weren't saying that i'm i'm making this up but there was cultural conflict right they were like Well, why aren't you taking care of our people? Well, because we like our people better. And they weren't saying that, but it was conflict, right? And so they're trying to figure out, well, if we say that it's important for us to, it's a value for us to care for people, then we need to figure out how to do it. So a couple of things are happening there. So there's three places here where the word that we could use for deacon or that gets translated in serving happens here and it's really interesting to look at the three places. So the first one happens at the end of verse 1 when it said when they say well why we, I don't think we should could should oh that's actually the second one. The first one says that the widows were being neglected in the daily distribution or the serving of food. So the word service or the, could be translated deacon there or serving. So it's the same three words that get used. And so that's the first one, okay? So the distribution of the food. The second time when it happens is when they're like, well, we shouldn't stop praying and preaching to go serve tables. So they're not saying like in a restaurant. That's not what they meant. But their value of, of distributing food to people, they're like, well, we have our responsibilities. So if we do this, it's taking away from these responsibilities. And they're not saying that this isn't important. Okay. Um, they're not devaluing that. They're just saying, we've got to find a way to make sure that if this is a value, something actually happens. This is a value. Okay. Preaching and praying is a value. Okay. Serving is a value. We shouldn't neglect one just to do the other. We shouldn't neglect one just to do the other. So they're trying to figure out what they could do, and they come up with a plan. Let's pick, let's pick some guys that have a good reputation. They're following God. Um, they're, doing, they're, they're growing in their faith. Let's pick some guys. But then what's interesting, when you look in verse, so the first two times when it uses the word serving, the first two are talking about, what we could describe as deacons, okay? The, the third one where it says in verse 4, but we will devote ourselves, so these are, are the apostles talking here, they're, they're the elder people, okay? But they also use the same word. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word, the ministry of the word serving. So what's interesting when you start talking about this word deacon it, I, I should have looked this up. It's used numerous times in Scripture, okay? I, don't, I, didn't, I can't tell you how many. Let's just say a lot. Um, it's used many times, but what gets confusing is sometimes it's talking about a specific role, and then sometimes it's just talking about our responsibility, if you're a Christian, our responsibility to serve. So sometimes it's talking about specifics, like a responsibility, but sometimes it's just talking about general responsibility, So I don't know if I explained that well. But I think we can draw three key responsibilities from this particular passage here uh, in Acts. I think the first one that we can draw, the first responsibility that we can draw is meeting the needs. So somebody, whether their title is deacon or not, I think we should all say that it's a value that we should have of meeting the needs of the people. So if we see somebody who has a need, we should try to find, how can we meet the need? Like, what can we do? So that's the first thing. The second thing is support the ministry, um, and this could be take the form of many different things. It could be like you're serving inside the context of the church, like you're doing something specific in the church, okay? And I didn't say this. Can we take a quick TV timeout? Is that okay? Does that distract anybody? Uh, it probably does. Uh, sorry. It's just ADD moment, <clears throat> but it has relevance. At the well, we don't use typically the terminology deacon. Like that's not a term that you would probably hear anybody use unless they're trying to like impress you that they knew a word. Um, It's not a word that we typically use. However, there are multiple people that serve in the context at the well that serve in the capacity of a deacon. So we don't have a title like you don't see anybody with a name tag that says deacon. Um... or or a cape or any like we don't have any of those we don't have any of those things but we have many people who are serving in the capacity of deacon and so so the first two things meeting the needs of people and supporting the ministry um, we have many people who serve in the capacity of a of a deacon according to the definition we have a lot of people doing that even though we don't use the word part of the support the ministry there could also fall into the line of we just want to make sure that we're staying faithful to the scriptures that we're staying faithful to the gospel we want to make sure that we're doing that and so what's interesting is if you go and take a survey which it would be fun to do sort of like if you traveled around the United States and you took a survey you could do this without even asking the questions and you just go visit a church what typically happens is most churches are going to either prioritize number one or number two they're going to say, we're a church that believes in meeting the needs of people. And they might even use the term social justice. And they're like, we're going to do this. We want to care for people. And we're going to do this. And, that's, and I think that's great. But what happens sometimes is that they do these things. They serve these people and neglect the gospel. Like they just take care of the needs, but they never tell them about Jesus. Okay? Before you puff yourself up a little bit... You should know that sometimes people also are guilty in group number two. And so group number two, they're like, we got to make sure that we debate theology. we got to make sure that we know Greek and Hebrew and we can say big words and impress people. And it's about the gospel. It's about the gospel. It's about the gospel. Oh, somebody needs food. We don't really care because we're about the gospel. They wouldn't say that. But we do that, right? And so what happens is we look at these first two things about meeting the needs and supporting the ministry to make sure that it's, it's functioning and it's doing right and it's staying biblical. Both of those are important, but what happens typically in the church in America is we highlight one or we highlight two. We don't do both. And what I'm saying for us as a church, can I still say us? Is that okay? Okay. For us as a church, you gotta do both, You can't say that you're a biblical church just because you know a lot of theology if you don't take care of people. And you can't say that you're a biblical church just because you take care of a lot of people, but you never introduce them to the gospel. And so if it's our desire, and I'm pretty sure that it is, but if it's our desire to say that we're a biblical church, we have to focus on number one and number two, and oh yeah, by the way, number three, but we haven't gotten there yet. But it's not either or. You have to do both. And I know some of us are prone to favor one or the other, and that's okay because of personality or because of preference or because of of how you were raised or whatever. It's okay to have like you're better at one than the other. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, and we need that. But don't look down on the people who highlight the other one. Let's work together. We need both of those things. And so the people, those of you in the room that know big words, I'm really glad. I'm happy. And you helped me. Like, I'm glad that we have smart people that come to the well. But I also don't want us to look down on the people that care for people that don't know the big words that you know. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. Um, And then number three, unify the church. Remember when I talked about the divide a while ago and then we did the pretend thing, okay? Well, if you go back and you look in Acts chapter 1, there was actual, like there was some controversy going on. Like it was a, uh, there was some tension going on. Like why aren't you taking care of my people? Like what are you going to do? And so they, uh, they elected, uh, can I, they Put forth these seven guys and said, I want you to be the, uh, the deacons and I want you to take. So, not only did they support the ministry and meet the needs, they also brought unity. Now, if you grew up going to church and you had deacons in your church, maybe not in your church, but in many churches, the deacons were not the people that brought the unity, the, pe- the deacons were the people that brought the disunity. Are, you know what I'm saying? So they weren't actually serving the ministry or serving people. They were sometimes serving themselves. Like, this is my platform. This is what I want to do or what I. And so they were, there wasn't unity, there was disunity. These guys, they get put into the office of deacon and all of a sudden they're taking care of the needs and all of a sudden they're telling people we should do this together. We should uh, make sure that we're talking about the gospel. We should make sure that we're taking care of needs and they start bringing people together. And then what's interesting, if you, if you read, continue reading in verse six, something interesting happens because they did those three things. Okay, what were the three things that they did? Uh, Never mind, they're on the screen. I was going to test. It was going to be a pop quiz, but they're up there. They met the needs of people. They support the ministry, and they unified the church. Something incredible happens. Read in verse 6. These, these guys that became deacons, they sat before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them, and they kind of sent them out to do their thing. And the word of God continued to increase. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of priests became obedient to the faith. They did what they were supposed to do. They unified the church. The gospel went out. Disciples were multiplied. And many priests who were not obedient to the faith. Okay, like sometimes we think priests, they okay, well, it's mandatory. They're called priests. they got to be obedient. No, they didn't understand the gospel. And multiplication happens. So I'm not a, a big proponent of saying, do these three things and you'll, this will be the result. Though I think we should like, work to find better ways to do things. But it is interesting. When you meet the needs of the people, you support the ministry, and you unify the church, great things happen. And so I think that that's something that we should focus on. And then that brings us to kind of our key verse. I spent a lot of time on the, setting that up. So, but just look at this quickly. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 8. This is more, just like last week when Tori was talking about elders, but this is is talking more about not duty, but character. Not responsibility, but who you are. So I just want to quickly go through this and look at a couple things. It says, deacons likewise must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain, They must hold to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, and let them also be tested first, then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives, likewise, must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. So, we have kind of a list of some characteristics. I want to highlight a couple things and then I want to challenge you on one. Um, It would be tempting for some of us to see this list and say, I'm glad I'm not a deacon because it's like that's some hard stuff. Like should we live up to these things? I'm glad that the deacons have to live up to those things and I don't have to. Well, that's actually not true. Like those that list of qualities that we should strive for, it applies to all of us, not just deacons. And so I just don't want us to feel like we're off the hook because you're not a deacon that you, okay, well, I don't have to listen to the rest of this. No, you do. Well, I mean, I would like for you to. Um, list some things, a couple things that I want to highlight. Starting in verse 11, um, it says, Their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Um, I honestly don't know why, but there is a tad bit of controversy here. Honestly, I don't think that there is a lot of controversy here, but some people make it into controversy. I personally don't believe that it is, but essentially you have two groups of people. You have a group of people that say that women can't be deacons, and you have a group of people that say women can be deacons. That's the controversy. So, let's move on. No, not really. Um, Honestly, I don't see that there's much controversy here for multiple reasons, and I won't highlight all of them. If you want to talk more about this, I'm glad. I'm sure Tori would be glad to talk to you about this later. <laughs> um, no, I do want to highlight a couple things. I, I think I can clear this up because it's real. There's not all that much controversy to be honest. Okay, there are in verse 11. There are some translations, and there are some smarter people than me. Uh, but it's, some of them say, in the same way, the women. Okay. Um, So what happens right there, sometimes we look at it and and it appears that it's saying their wives. Well, the there isn't always present. Like we kind of add that because it's easier to read. The there isn't always. So basically it's saying you could essentially say women also. Women also could be or should be living like this. So it's not like men deacons do these things and their wives should do the. It's like women also should be doing these things. Does that make sense? I honestly don't think there's much controversy here. And if you, I'll probably get, here's one of the things I probably shouldn't say. If you think that there's controversy here, go have coffee with somebody and debate it, but don't debate it. It's really no controversy, okay? No, here's the problem. I I will give you this. Sometimes what happens is in some churches, Deacons are actually operating like elders and not deacons, and that makes the water muddy and can be confusing. So that's why. But I'll talk with you more about this later. But basically what the, what this verse is saying, and there's multiple reasons why, okay? So there are women in Scripture um, who are called, or the same word here that's used for deacon are called deacons, okay? Um, Paul himself highlights, I think, 17 different women who are leading in ministry, okay? So... I have a hard time saying, seeing why people would say, well, this is saying that women can't be deacons because I don't think that that's what it says. Okay. Are we clear? If we're not, talk to me later. I'll, I was joking. You don't have to talk to Tori. I would be glad to talk to you about that because it's, it's really not much controversy. We're all supposed to be deacons. We're all supposed to strive to serve and take care of people. We're all supposed to strive to support the ministry. We're all supposed to strive for unity. Like that's something that we should be doing. But there are some people who uh, have maybe the, the gift of leadership or have the ability to organize. Just think what it would be like if you showed up to church and there isn't anybody to organize and help people serve by leading them in children's ministry. It's already for me to go in there terrifying. Like I wouldn't want to do that. But without somebody in there helping me know what to do, well, I'm not the, I don't go in there. But if I were to go in there, if there's not somebody to help to lead the way to show me how to serve, it would be disastrous. So we need leaders. We need people to step up to help other people serve. And so if you have that ability and you have that capability, step up. Lead. Show other people how to serve because you know how to serve. It's really easy to come in here on Sunday to listen to a few songs, to listen to a mediocre sermon or a great sermon, and leave and say, oh, I feel good. It's easy to do that in American culture. And you think that you've done your Christian duty because you went to church. We're called to be servants, whether your title is deacon or not. And so my prayer simply is this, Lord, make us an army of servants. And I want to highlight a couple of things. I just want to challenge you and ask you a question. I re- in my own words kind of took the list that it talks about here and came up with my own it doesn't show up on the screen or on your phone but just listen to these and i want to ask you what is what is one step that you can take today to better develop your character of a servant can you speak more honestly drink in moderation Be more generous. Love Jesus in the mystery of the faith. Be blameless. Be dignified. Speak truth and encouragement. Be sensible and studious. Faithful. Keep your commitments. Take care of your family and friends. What's one? I'm just asking you one. What's one thing that you can do today from this list that will increase your character of being a servant? And it's not okay for us to say that we value serving people as a church, yet we don't serve people. And I know many of you do, like that wasn't meant to be a slam. I'm just saying we need, to, we need to make sure that this is a value. It sure is a value of taking care of people in a business and they don't even have Jesus. And I know some of you want to come and argue, well, Chick-fil-A has Jesus sandwiches. No, it's not. It's just chicken. Chicken. <laughs> if it's important to them to have a value and a structure of taking care of people, don't you think the church should say, well, if it's important to them and we have Jesus, shouldn't it be more important to us to take care of people? Let's pray. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for challenging us with Scripture, for challenging us with people in our lives.